0: Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to the Inside Strategic Coach Podcast with Dan Sullivan. Today, we're going to talk through the process that we have put together, Dan, that you've initiated, to put together the quarterly books. And we've been asked a lot, how do you do this? What does it look like? And there's a very interesting creative process that has emerged, and we're gonna talk about how it got started, that we just really wanted to share with you again, because a lot of people have asked us how this works. I'm really proud, because this is, One of the best examples of unique ability teamwork I've been a part of and also that I've ever even heard about. So I really am excited, Dan, that we get to pull back the curtain and share this. But before we jump into how we actually do this, let's talk about the book project in and of itself and how it got started. So how long ago down did you start thinking about the fact that you want to produce a book every quarter?
1: Well, actually, I'd like to go back to two bigger context points. One is that I had produced 13 books before we started this process. And I'm a huge, huge believer that in the age of digital technology and the cloud, there's still a magic about actual books. There's evidence now that even where people have ebooks like Kindle, that they kind of topped off about six years ago. And every year there's more books sold, but the ebook version of it is not more than 30% of the total market. So a lot of actual books are still being produced and people like books. And in the entrepreneurial world, books are magic. And I always say that entrepreneurs who produce books find out that they've created magic because of the way that other people look at someone who's capable of doing a book. And I would say in the entrepreneurial world for every 99 entrepreneurs who think someday I'm going to write a book or they've been writing a book their whole life, but it actually hasn't come out, the fact that you've actually followed through and you've actually thought it through and you've gone through the entire process and you created the book and it's out there, only one out of 100 entrepreneurs get around to actually doing it and it's a very formidable task because most entrepreneurs, if you think about it, are really great salespeople. That's what allowed them to be an entrepreneur and the kind of skill sets that you need to actually write a book the way that entrepreneurs see it is very grueling for them. And one of the biggest things is that it's a very lonely activity as they see it. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of stereotype images that entrepreneurs have. And I went through all this because I went through the lonely stage. I went through the grueling stage. So, I got to the point where I said, there has to be a faster way of producing a lot more books. And in my typical fashion, what I do is when I get an idea, I just jump in the pool and then I figure out whether I can float and whether I have strokes. (laughs) So, just after my 70th birthday, we had just completed 25 years of Strategic Coach. I said, you know what, To keep me really growing into the future, I'm just going to make a public commitment that in the next 25 years, which is 100 quarters, and that's a fundamental model in the 10 times program, we say, let's think in terms of 25 years, it's 100 quarters, and all you have to do is make a jump every 90 days with a certain number of projects, and it'll be like compound interest, you'll notice that your productivity goes up, your creativity goes up, and it compounds. So I've got self-assurance in my Strength Finder profile in addition to 10 Quick Start. So I just announced in all my workshops in the fall of 2014 that over the next 25 years, I was gonna write 100 books. And then I just launched into my lonely, grueling way of producing a book and, you know, I was about three weeks into this, and I said, oh, my golly, what have I gotten myself into? So we had to do some experience transformers, impact filters, and I said, you know, I've got to spread this out over teamwork. And here we are, Shannon, we're pretty well putting to bed book number 14, We've done it in 15 quarters, and we will hit uh, 100 books in 100 quarters, but we've put together the most marvelous teamwork, and I know you've had a lot of requests to describe what the teamwork looks like, what the process looks like, how we structure each person's unique ability in this, and it's just a pleasure for me today to actually cap this up in our own minds because we've never taken time to really give an overview of what we actually do.
0: So one of the things that's really interesting to note is there's approximately 10 people, including you, Dan, involved in this process. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, that look at that and go, oh my gosh, that sounds very complicated. But we're going to describe how it's actually quite simple. And one of the most stellar impacts of this unique ability team and teamwork that we put together is actually the number of hours that you spend on the book has decreased by a a multitude. (laughs) So talk about how many hours it was before and how much time you spend now.
1: Yeah, the first quarter was really tough because I was into it without anybody. And then I said, look, I'm going to complete this goal. I'm going to deliver But now I've got to stop looking at myself as a rugged individualist in this, and I've got to go total unique ability teamwork. I mean, it's the central concept that underlays everything in Strategic Coach. So, you know, I was very open about it. I was impact filtering and uh, everything. So we can talk a little bit about, but the most interesting thing is we've produced 14 books, but equally important is we've produced this marvelous process and teamwork. and so that would be the jumping off point, you know, to mm-hmm. actually talk about it.
0: And you're down to about 30 hours. Yeah,
1: I so I would say first quarter it was a hundred hours and now I'm down to 30 hours. And every quarter from now on, I'll still see ways of shaving off time because even as good as we are with book number 14, I can see some little shortcuts and little bypasses in my part. And everybody's getting better at this, so I think everybody is shortcutting in the process. People are getting things done more quickly. And we have a sense of what the whole process looks like in a way that we did not at the beginning.
0: So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through the process, and mm-hmm. then we're going to talk about what we learned and some of the enhancements and those shortcuts mm-hmm. and those bypasses that we figured out because a lot of it was actually how we refined it down to making sure that everyone involved was doing their unique abilities mm-hmm. as opposed to just what they were really excellent at. And we've had a lot of very interesting learnings and lessons through this process, which I think are incredible, and it's made me a lot wiser about what it takes to put together a Unique Ability Teamwork process. So Dan, let's talk about the very beginning where you decide on the topic. Is there any magic to that? No,
1: and all topics that will turn into books, and this is true for the first 14, is that it's an idea, it's a workshop idea, it's a strategic coach program idea. The one we're just putting to bed, you know, that goes probably to the publisher in three or four weeks is the lifetime extender, which for the vast majority of people is the first concept that you actually encounter when you come into Strategic Coach. And it's one of the all-time favorites. Anytime I'm anywhere and I talk about extending your lifetime and my goal of living to 156, instantly the room stops. I'm a guest on a lot of other people's podcasts, and I say, well, is there one topic more than any other that you think your audience would really enjoy? And they say, talk about that lifetime extender. Everybody loves hearing about the Lifetime Extender. But this is book 14, so we've done 13 other concepts before this. But what I do is I am constantly introducing at least three new ideas every quarter into workshops, and I test them on 500 people you know, just in the 10 Times program. So first of all, the ideas really develop or expand, or they don't. They don't go anywhere. But ones that really have a lot of legs to them And people are really interested and they want to develop an idea, then I say, okay, I think this could be a book. And then I've got a series of self filters before I will ever tell the team that this is going to be the next book. And the first one is I do an impact filter on the idea, okay? So for example, the next book that we're going to do after The Lifetime Extender is the incredible concept which was just a tiny little thought less than a year ago and it's just boomed not only in the 10 times program but throughout the signature program and it's the whole concept of who not how. So what I will do, I'll take the who not how concept and I'll do an impact filter on the idea. And in the impact filter, on the right-hand side, there's eight success criteria. So if you check out all of our books, our books always have eight chapters.
0: And by the way, if you want to see the impact filter, it's book number 13. So before my plan for living to 156, which is the Lifetime extender book, we did the Extraordinary Impact Filter. And this is your starting point for books. Dan, you've written another book about how to write a book, which is essentially an impact filter. And it's so powerful because you get really, really clear on exactly what your idea is. And that's your initial template.
1: Yeah. So I'll do the, you know, this is the project I'm going to create the eight mindsets that are going to be the chapter headings for the book. So that's the project. Then I write down the purpose. You know, this has been such a powerful idea in the uh, in the workshops. Everybody loves this idea. We show brand new, first time, first experience in Strategic Coach. And I just write the diagram, who, not how. And I've had people who came to my workshop, it's the first hour that they've been in strategic coach, they say, I can go home right now. I got my money's worth. That who, not how. And what it means is that when you have a bigger and better goal, you immediately think, well, how am I going to do this? And I say, well, all that's going to get you into is procrastination because it's really important that the what you're talking about really represents an expansion for your company. And you can say why, but you shouldn't do the how. You should be able to express the what and why and then get a team involved to actually do the how. And your job is to keep creating the future out of your ideas. So I said, this is the purpose. This is a great concept. And I say, the difference this will make, and let's just go back to the lifetime extender that this is an idea that everybody who comes across this idea is immediately interested. So it's a book. And I knew it was a book. But the question is, can I create eight plausible mindsets that make really interesting chapters? And so the ideal outcome of this is that every one of these mindsets just has a real punch to it. And then what's the worst result We try to proceed with the idea, but we haven't really identified the structure to it. So nobody on the team is really clear about what we're doing and it bogs down and we get delayed and we miss our quarter. So I'm committed to having a finished product at the end of the quarter. And the worst that can happen is that I don't set it up properly. Now, I'm just talking to myself here. I'm doing the sales job on myself here. I'm not wasting anybody's time or talent on the team. I'm just selling myself. And then the best result is this just goes more smoothly, and there's more excitement about this idea than any of the previous books we've done. So I've, I've really sold myself. And then I, I'll spend you know a little bit more than the usual impact filter time, which for me is about a half hour for a finished impact builder, and I just put in what are the mindsets related to you know extending your lifetime and I go through and you know I can really feel it, and I'm an old copywriter, you know I was a copywriter in a big ad agency, and everything's in the headlines with advertising because we live in a population that processes information modular you know in any hour of television there's 17 commercials and each of them is about 60 seconds so you got to connect so i approach books like i'm a copywriter an advertising copywriter and it's the sizzle that's in the headlines and these are the mindsets but it also fully plumbs the depths mm-hmm. for what's really involved in thinking that you're going to live this long, and then you're logically progressing say, no, I'm going to live 15 years longer. And that shifts me. It's a game changer. It's the first game changer in Strategic Coach where you shift how long you think you have. And then once I have the eight mindsets, then I'm on to stage two, and I'm still... You know, it's still damn there. But this is not grueling for me. This is very exciting for me. So then I go on to the next stage.
0: And the next stage, after you do the impact filter, be it on the impact filter or who, not how, or any of the other topics we've done in the books, then you do a scorecard. Yes. And this is really taking kind of the ideal of what you've written down for the mindsets and actually creating a whole scorecard scorecard. so let's briefly describe what yeah and
1: if anyone who's listening to this has one of the small books with the exception of the first book wanting what you want because i began to see the importance of the scorecard and we'll go back when we do a rewrite later on and i'll go back and i'll run the first books, which were experimental as far as our process. I'll just run it through our process, and it'll be a much better book. But what I do, I'm really good at mindset scorecards, and so I've got eight mindsets, and then I've got the four-column process, and anyone who's not familiar with the mindset scorecard, just take any one of the small books and fold out the back cover, and you'll see that it's kind of like the complete psychological map of the idea. Mm -hmm. So I've covered everything psychologically because all our books are about mindset. You were looking at life this way. We suggest you look at life this way. And there's eight different ways that make up this new way of looking at things. And then I go through, and if I'm a failure at this mindset, what's it look like? If I'm totally transformative with this mindset, what does that look like? And then if I'm frustrated because I don't have this mindset, what's it look like? And then what's conventional thinking about this area that the mindset looks like? And I go through and I find this an extraordinarily enjoyable activity. So. How I developed the idea in the first place in the workshop, that's an incredibly enjoyable activity for me. Using impact filters to find mindsets, I love the activity. And doing the scorecard, I love the activity. And then when I got the scorecard, now I'm ready to launch it with the team. So I put in, I would say at this point, not including all the R&D in the workshops, but as far as the book project goes... By this point, I've put in about three hours, three or four hours, and now I'm totally confident about the idea. I've thought about it in a 360-degree way, but it's just on a single sheet, of big sheet of paper, but everything that's contained that we're going to talk about is on this one sheet of paper. So, no words have been, you know, book words have been created, but we're just getting all the supporting psychological foundation stones so that once we start, it's very, very easy to move forward.
0: And by the way, one of the quarterly books is the mindset scorecard. Yes,
1: yeah, (laughs) how to do a mindset scorecard.
0: It's a good thing we're doing this recording now, Dan, after we've already created those.
1: Well, the other thing is that if you look at the book, the mindset scorecard, there was a mindset scorecard that I used to do talk about the mindsets that would make doing a mindset scorecard a very important part of your future.
0: I love that. It doesn't sound like it makes sense, but it really does. Mm-hmm. Now the next step is one that we added in midway through, and this was a game changer in our process. And this is where you take the mindsets from the scorecard, and this is what I understand, you create an outline based on that, and you create the subhead. So talk about that process. Well, I about. just want
1: to talk about a shift in the process because It's kind of hard to know what the chicken and the egg is here. But what I began to realize that I'm a great headline writer, but I'm not a great text writer because I tend to get too long and I get sidetracked. But if I can just keep my writing role just to the subheads, so that's a real shift. But the other thing, and this is an old copywriting trick from the advertising business, you determine ahead of time how big the book's going to be. Okay. So, what I found is advertising writing is the most powerful writing in the world because you're selling and you have to sell. And advertising writers don't write and write and write and write and write. They've got six inches by eight inches and they've got to create a powerful message, you know, if they're writing in text. So, what we did is we predetermined that each book would consist of a Introduction, eight chapters based on the mindsets, a conclusion, and then a you know an explanation of what strategic coach is. So there's eleven sections and each of them has four pages. So it's forty-four pages, and it's good-sized type, it's not small type. The type is punctuated by eight subheads that carry the messages. So what I do now, a tremendous shift in the process, that I will only write the outline of the book, and then I will not write the rest of it, but I'll be interviewed by yourself. In my life, you're the best interviewer that I've ever experienced. I think you're just a phenomenal interviewer. So I can create an outline for you for each of the sections with five subpoints, And then I just write little you statements, you do this, you do that, just like on the mindset scorecard. But the chapter heading is the mindset plus the column four, the transformative message. And then I just look at that and I say, well, there would be five really interesting subpoints under this. And then I'll do three sections, and I'll come in here and we'll spend, you know, like an hour, an hour and a half. And then you just ask me all sorts of questions about the outline that I've written. And in the room with us, we're in our studio. We have our sound engineer, Willard, who is recording us right now. And then I have Carrie Morrison, who is our editor, and she's been editing me for Twelve years on all the other materials I did, and she knows how Dan sounds in in writing in writing, and she knows exactly what I sound like, and she has a a real ability to condense a lot in a little in her editing and then that was the big shift, but just to talk about another capability we added about halfway through the books that we've done. She has a brother who is a master copywriter, and he gets the transcripts. So we come into the studio, you take me through the conversation, and I just talk off the top because I'm a 10 quick start. And my best way of thinking about something is just to say it off the top and I just have an ability to actually just talk it through. And I don't know really what I'm going to talk about before you ask me the question.
0: <laughs> That's the really fun part. I wonder if to picture this. There's really about three pages. Mm-hmm. you know. So each of the eight chapters, there's five subheads for each one. We know it fits into the book. And actually, you raised a really good point, Dan. Having the size of the book... There's a constraint to that already, and so everyone knows exactly what we're working Mm -hmm. towards, and that that was something that came up pretty quickly. So there's a consistency to it. So knowing what you're aiming to produce is a key point Mm -hmm. of that. And just to talk a little bit about interviewing… I often don't see it until that day. Mm-hmm. So I'm not necessarily studying it and I'm mm-hmm. a nine quick start, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> be wise we're very similar. And what's really fun is and for anyone who actually wants to do this process for themselves, and you can tell me, Dan, what you think your criteria is for a great interviewer, but I'm just really interested and intrigued and enthusiastic about the ideas. So it's mm-hmm. a, you know, I've got facial expressions and my voice is excited and, and my voice is not Yes, it's being recorded, but it's not really in the final transcript unless they like what I say. But it's really just that engaging creative process, In my job is to pull it out of you in that questioning period. And if it triggers an idea with me or if I know a story that would be relevant, I'll bring that up. So it really is a collaborative creative process in the studio, which we have a ton of fun with. And we usually take about three, roughly three sessions to get all of it out, which is powerful. And then it gets sent to Rev.com for transcription. Mm-hmm. So that's You know, in terms of the actual content part of it, for the actual writing part, you're kind of done. No, I'm
1: finished. Once we finish the interview, I never see the copy again until it's final copy. And I have to say, this is always a learning process. Every time you repeat this process, you get better. Each individual gets better at it. And I would say the last three books, I can't remember changing a word in the final copy you're asking the questions. Adam, who's our copywriter, Adam, who happens to be Carrie's brother, (laughs) he has really learned how to take a lot of words and make them into very punchy copy. His copy's as punchy as my subheads. And then Carrie makes sure that it corresponds to what I really sound like. And she's she's been working on strategic coach concepts, and she's very precise about that you got the central point. But here's the thing. Carrie will tell you she's getting better. Adam will tell you he's getting better. You're getting better. I'm getting better. So my whole point is that each thing you do is going to be better than the one you did before, but the next one you do is going to be better than the one you're doing now. And you got to be okay with that.
0: And that was a big aha for me because I'm an avid reader. I'm passionate about books, as are you. And it was a big deal for me to realize, oh, it's never going to be perfect. It's actually not even a useful way to think Mm -hmm. about it, but we're always going to get better. And it actually becomes a bit of a game, a bit of an adventure to say, oh, how can we make it better this quarter? Where's an efficiency? Where can we find a shortcut? Where can Mm -hmm. we make this easier, faster, easier, cheaper Bigger, better is our criteria. And it's become fun. We always know we're great Mm -hmm. and we're getting even better. And that's a very fun attitude for a team to come from a mindset perspective to come at this process with. So I really appreciate the positivity you're so acknowledging and appreciative and respectful of people's talents and knowing that we're just going to get better the more we do this.
1: Well, and the other thing is, I know for a fact that a couple of years down the road, we'll look at a previous book and we'll say, you know, we've learned a lot about this since we brought this out. And this is a crucial point is to get your ideas out into the world because your audience is really a creative partner to you. So my whole point about a book, get a book out fast so that you can get into a conversation with your readership and I'm a great believer that it's the communication between you and your audience which really improves your ideas because they take your ideas, they test them out in ways that you wouldn't think about, and they come back and they say, hey, you know, this idea right here, this could be a book in itself. But the other thing is I'm responding to your interview questions with already about 50 hours of workshop conversation on the idea itself. So I've got dozens of stories people have brought up, other things that they've read, they bring forward stories, and I have all those stories in my head, but I don't really have access to them until you ask me a question. I said, oh, there's a great story here, and I'll give you a great story related to what we're recording here. So in a workshop earlier this week, Somebody said, I just don't know how you can turn it around that fast. And I said, well, are you writing a book right now? And he said, this is a client, you know, very smart, very good at what he does. He's very articulate. He says, yeah, I've been writing a book for about three or four years. And I said, so does it have a lot of chapters? And he said, yeah. He says, I'm past 20 chapters now. And I said, do you know how many more chapters you're going to have in this book? And he said, no, he says, I'm really getting antsy because I'd like to get this book out, but I just haven't covered this and I just haven't covered that. And I said, well, I'm just going to suggest to you that you look at each of your chapters as a book and go back and make each of the chapters into a complete idea so that if you just created a little book out of the chapter, automatically you have 20 books ahead of you. And it was like, oh, oh you mean I could just take a little and create a little book? And I said, yeah, because you know we live in an age now where people like their information real fast, and they will read a book that's about one idea that you go in deeply and give a 360 degrees on the one idea, but they find it very hard to read a book that's got 25 ideas in it. And after a while, I said, oh, gee, you know, this one, this was worth the book. I said, so just make the idea about one and predetermine the size, and then just take the other chapters and make them into separate books and get them out there so that you're having this discussion. And it was like I had just taken an enormous burden off his mind. And I said, the other thing is, you are the author, but you don't have to be the writer. And that's another one of these changes. Stephen Covey, one of the all-time great sellers... the
0: Seven Habits of Highly Successful People.
1: Yeah, Seven Habits. Well, he didn't write it, but he was the author. He was a lecturer, he was a consultant, and he just had a writer sit in on his lectures and his speeches, and the writer actually organized the book. They're his words, they're his ideas, but he didn't do the writing. So if you can make a separation, that you can be a great author, you can be a famous author, but you don't have to be the writer. That's a real shift. And the other thing is, be really, really great and expressive about a single idea. Don't give people 10 ideas or 20 ideas. It confuses them and bogs them down. And they don't give proper treatment to any one of the ideas.
0: You know, our books are small, but they're I was going to use the word intense. They're succinct. They're rich, 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 mm-hmm. with no wasted anything. Mm-hmm. But back to writing, I want to describe the next few steps. So Adam does the first 80% based mm-hmm. on the outline. Sends
1: it to Carrie.
0: And then Carrie edits and creates the final draft in InDesign, which is the program we yeah. use for Yeah, so here's
1: it. the other thing. There are software programs, which are called authoring software or publishing software, where you can actually, in software, create the entire structure of the book, So, we have it all set up. And so, when Adam's work comes back, well, Adam has to write to our four-page format, okay? So, for each section of the book, it's four pages, and there's 44 total pages in the book.
0: And I was talking to Carrie about this in preparation day, and she goes, well, he writes in Word, and then I put it into InDesign, and I make sure if it's too long, I edit, or if it's not enough, then I add, and so she's the one who does a lot of that shaping, Mm -hmm. and then what's fun is, then we start the next part of the process, and by the way, this is, we'll do an outline, then it gets written, you know, we'll do a recording, and then it gets sent off to you, and to Hamish for cartooning. But before mm-hmm. I, we talk about that, you can be starting on that part and we're actually could still be recording mm-hmm. in the studio another part. parts. So different processes kind of layer in to get the book done. Dan, let's get into cartooning for a moment mm-hmm. because... It's kind of fun. You and I both have the same perspective on books that don't have any pictures on them. And one of the things that's really fun and interesting and graphic about our books are the cartoons. Mm -hmm. So talk about that a little bit and then your process that you use with Hamish, because you've really got it down from what was hours and hours down to almost two sessions per section.
1: Yeah. So I'm a great believer, uh, and I see in visuals, you know, so all my ideas... I see in diagram form, and anybody who's had me as a coach knows I use a lot of I really take advantage of electronic whiteboards because somebody will bring up an idea in a workshop and I said, hey, that idea kind of looks like this. And I use circles, arrows, stars (laughs) to do it. So I'm very graphically oriented. But my feeling is so is the world that we're living in right now because we're on the Internet and the Internet is highly, highly visual. We watch TV it's highly visual. People watch you know, YouTube and it's highly visual. So we live in a visual world. When we're anywhere in the world, there's billboards, there's signs, and everything like that. So we're not living in a world that just consists of text anymore. And the other thing is that people take in information in different ways. So if you take any one of our books and you open up and you're on the first page, we give you six ways of experiencing the book. First of all, there's the text you're reading, which is going to take you an hour, start to finish. We've timed it. The books reading time, you start the book, and an hour later, you're finished the book.
0: So a flight from Toronto to Yeah, and
1: I use taking off from Pearson Airport in Toronto, I start the book, and by the time I land at O'Hare in Chicago, I'm finishing the book, and it's about an hour, hour and five minutes. My feeling is that we want information fast, and we want it compact, and we want to have a complete idea in a very short period of time. And I'm just adjusting to changing habits of how people take in information. But here's the thing. All of our ideas are a bit challenging if you just heard it as an idea, but there's something that makes ideas comfortable and kind of cozy and it's if you have really good cartoons and cartoons are kind of i call them dangerously cute okay (laughs) and so hamish my cartoonist who i've been working with for a long long time he was a writer for us but he was a doodler who did little cartoons And for special occasions, Hamish would do cartoons, and I said, oh, this is a unique ability. I said, he can take coach concepts and he can turn them into cartoons. I said, I want this capability. So it's another case where I'm getting it better at setting him up for his cartoons. He's getting better at taking any idea and turning it into a cartoon, and our teamwork between the two of us has constantly increased. To give you an idea, when we did the first book with the cartoons, it was about five days to do two pages worth of cartoons. Okay, And that was me putting in about 10, 12 hours, and Hamish putting in about 10 or 12 hours. And now we do it all on Zoom, and this is something that has arrived on the scene since we started the book project and we have the finished copy so the moment the first section comes in a finished copy and we usually wait for a couple so that we don't catch up with the writing process hamish can take the text small format so we can put the format right on the screen and we just read through the chapter and then hamish will in freehand just draw a two-page layout, because we always have two pages of cartoons, and we have them together. And I'll talk through, and I said, now, we're not going to be slavish to the text, but we're going to pull out the really big ideas from this section. And I start talking him through, and he's freehand drawing while I'm doing it. It takes us maximum an hour, and we'll have the two pages completely, You know, they call it a storyboard. And it's just the rough drawings, but we know what the shapes are. We know how the pages are divided. And then I say, over to you, Hamish, and then, you know, about a day and a half later, he'll come back, and he comes back with complete finished artwork using the latest, and there's just marvelous technologies out there, and you know the name to this. I don't know the name of it, but it's an application that yes. you can buy anywhere. It's
0: called Clip Studio Paint, for those of you that are interested. So Clip Studio Paint is what he uses. And he's tested a ton to find the one that really works, which is amazing. And just a couple quick enhancements for this. One of the things you guys figured out was the different types of panels for cartoons. And that was an innovation that you put in. And the other thing that you've had, I think, almost from the get-go, Dan, is colors. If you're talking about a contrasting idea, if it's a not happy or not progressive kind of thought because of one color palette. And then if it's a happy, uplifting, forward momentum thought, it has another palette. So just talk about your palettes for a moment, because I think this is fun.
1: Yeah, so there's a real emotional impact. So, you know, we do a lot of contrast in the book because we're constantly contrasting from a failure way of looking at a situation to a transformative. So there's colors that would go. So, for example, we're doing the... Today, we were working on one page, and it was the three things that predispose people to die early. And one of them is you run out of friends, you run out of money, and you run out of purpose. And this is very dreary. I mean, this is, when you look at the cartoons, they're very gray, they're purple. The scenes that we're putting in are really, really depressing. Okay, if you had to look at these cartoons every day, you would be so depressed you'd want to die early. And then on the other page, we'll talk about, as your age gets greater, that you have more friends than you've ever had, you have more money and your money is continuing to increase into the future and you have more powerful purpose for your life. And these will be all radiant, it'll be, you know, it'll be heavenly, there'll be bright lights and hopeful lights. And the whole point is that we're using as many different levels of meaning as we possibly can. So in the text you have these really punchy subheads, you know, and they're in red, all the uh, subheads and the head are in red, and then there isn't a lot of black and white type, and then immediately at the end of each chapter, you have two pages of cartoons which capture, but not slavishly, they just say, oh, wow, this is really different. And What we've noticed is that some people will just pick up the book and read all the cartoons, and the whole meaning of the book is contained in the cartoons. So that's an entirely different dimension, which expands people's understanding of the idea. People say, well, I don't like the cartoons. I say, yeah, but there are people who only love the cartoons, and I want to have them as raving fans of the idea, too. Even if they're not text people, they'll... You know, we have a significant amount of dislikes, among the entrepreneurs, and they said, you know, the words don't be anything, but I love the cartoons. I said, that's great. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that our books never went down to the children of entrepreneurs, but now that we have the cartoons, we have entrepreneurs who are going through with six-year-olds and seven-year-olds and explaining the cartoons and what the cartoons mean, and the children love the books. The one that we have, the four C's, you know, commitment, courage, capability, and confidence has been a huge childhood book, which was a surprise to me. I hadn't really given a thought to it, but people say it. every night we take one of the cartoon sections out of the books and I talk through my children with it. So we've expanded the readership and the usefulness of the book and that's it. But we go back and forth and generally my time on the cartoons has been reduced from five, six, sometimes 10 hours down to roughly about an hour going back and forth with Hamish. And his confidence has just grown because I've just released him. I said, go for it. I said, as soon as we have the agreement on the rough layup, it's yours. Just run with it. Mm -hmm. And then there's always little adjustments or enhancements that you can do when you get the finished artwork but it's a process and what he does when he's ready to go he just sends an email to Anna who controls my schedule and we book us in I have sound studios and video studio and then we just go to a room where I just do zoom calls that's very enjoyable you see and I've taken all the grueling out of it I've taken all the isolation out of the process
0: I love that. We'll talk more about that in a moment. And what's interesting is, by the way, once we've got the whole audio interview. To get the content out for the writers, Adam and Carrie. Then you and I go in the studio, you know, in terms of different ways you can enjoy the book. Then we do what I call the author interview. Yes. I love it because it's not a slavish thing to the text either. So we actually use the headlines, we use the outline mm-hmm. that you created. And we go in and do we do a, a much shorter version, mm-hmm. you know, roughly an hour and a half, although it takes us a little longer to get to that point, but it's nice and tight. And it really covers the entire book in 70 to 80, 90 minutes. And that's really fun because that's a very dynamic process. We've both gotten, I think, a lot better at just making sure we flow through that. And sometimes even new ideas pop out.
1: Yeah. And And the whole thing is that both of us are totally familiar with the text because it was the original interview that actually created the text. So we're experts on the text. And so we can just freeform. Mm-hmm. And we know from the original recording that there are certain things to stress in the interview that can be developed more. And we know the real hot spots that are, if we get this idea across and we tell this story, this is, people are just going to remember what we're talking about, but we've already been through. So we know what really will now be the highlights, and we do that in the audio interview. And meanwhile, the writing is going on. You know, I mean, the writing is finished, generally, but the writing doesn't have to be finished because we're just working from the outline. And then we do a video where you have about four or five questions that seem to be just the mountain peak ideas from the book and then we just talk on camera. And that's another thing people will say, well, before I read the book, I just link on the video and I just get the 30 or 40 minute for the whole idea and that prepares my mind for reading the book.
0: And we've also learned, again, I love what your point, Dan, about your audience is your creative partner with you in the process. We've learned that, so this morning, we did six five-minute videos on my plan for living to 156. That was so fun. And again, as you said, we can take the mountaintop ideas to really make that happen. And again, as you said, the whole book is kind of being done. So there's a whole production team. So Jen's are amazing graphic Overall artist.
1: layout artists. Yep. She packages everything.
0: Yeah. Suvy's the one, the video director, amazing, amazing producer, and Margot and Victor record and edit that for us. So you can tell there's lots of backstage people who are really mm-hmm. make us look good. Willard does an amazing job editing the author interview to make sure it mm-hmm. sounds great. Then we send it off to the printer. You know, mm-hmm. it gets a final proofing by Carrie.
1: And then we have our overall production manager yes, who handles all the communication with the printer. And yeah. the deadlines. And the deadlines. And, you know, we have a deadline because each quarter in my first workshop of the quarter, the latest book. So I just started last Monday, so the newest book went in Capabilism, which is the book before the lifetime extender book. So we have a whole process that constantly delivers a brand new book in my first workshop of every quarter.
0: Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So just to summarize, Dan, because this has been a lengthy process, and I do want to explain that we did actually have a little bit of a pause in our quarters, (laughs) our 15 quarters, (laughs) because Hamish, who's this brilliant cartoonist, went for a bike ride that did not end up so well and ended up damaging both forearms, <laughs> so he
1: broke his broke wrists his. and everything, Elbows. so he was in a cast. I don't know which was the greater pain for him, you know, the actual injury, because it was a lengthy operation, because there's a lot of small bones, and that's his life, you it's know. his his, livelihood. his hands, and I just wrote him a, a lawn impact filter, uh, not a lawn impact filter, as lawn as an <laughs> impact filter is, and I just said, it's okay, what's your job now to do is just be relieved and we'll catch up sometime over the next 25 years we'll catch up so just focus on healing yourself and when you tell us you're confident to come back to the project to come back to the project but meanwhile we just went on developing the book Except for the cartoons. We mm-hmm. just went on doing it. But sometime, you know, some maybe year six or year ten or year fifteen we'll get in five books one year and uh, <laughs> and everything else. But you know, we were able to reassure him because I've been injured. I've had a lot of orthopedic injuries, legs and arms. And I think the one thing is you don't want any additional pressure mm. except having all your energy available for healing. And he did it. you know. But his mind developed about what he was doing while he was away. And he came back, and he was incredibly more productive after the quarter off Mm -hmm. than he had been before because he was thinking about it all the time. Okay, so as an experienced transformer, you know, what's working? This is really working. I love this activity. What's not working? I I shouldn't ride a bicycle in busy (laughs) traffic. You know, and he came back much more clear about it. So the 25 years and the 100 quarters really gives you a lot of flexibility. And one thing I just want to say, and it's in the 10 times thinking and now in the Game Changer program, it's thinking about how you would go 100 times, that if you're just thinking about one book, you can take forever to complete that book. And that becomes almost like an incredible burden Mm -hmm. because you've given yourself no time frame for getting the book out. But once I switch over that I'm going to do 100 books, all of a sudden my mind said, well, how can I produce a really great book once a quarter? And it's the easiest, shortest, most impactful book, but I've got a deadline and I have to get it done. All of a sudden... You can't do it as a single, isolated individual. And I'm still looking, I mean, we're always looking for is there more teamwork that we can add to our team? So the bigger goal, the 100 books, automatically made each of the smaller books that we're doing right now much more impactful than if we were writing a lawn book. I always say everybody's first book is like War and Peace, you know, it's (laughs) three or 400 pages. But that's not what the audience today wants, especially when our books are nonfiction books. And nonfiction books, lawn books, just wear people out. If it's fiction and it's a story, people will read three or 400 pages if it's a great story. But with nonfiction now, we want our information in small packets. We want them to be impactful. We want them to be useful. And we want to be able to do something with the idea right away.
0: Hmm. Well, and the last final comment for me, Dan, is that as we've gone through the process and produced more and more books, and I just realized that the Extraordinary Impact Filter is actually book 12 mm-hmm. <laughs> because of Capabilism came in there too, is that – we keep making these improvements and we've talked about what a lot of those have been and Big Om was adding Adam to the process but it has really freed up every single person to do what they love to do and what they're best at and what they're most creative about and the break that Hamish (laughs) physically had but allowed us means that we're ahead it Mm -hmm. actually took off a ton of pressure because we Mm -hmm. were kind of against a harder deadline so we're now ahead and there's a really positive momentum to that so you and I in the recording studio a joy for both of us, Carrie Editing loves it. Adam writing loves it. Willard editing loves it. And even the schedulers who have challenges with our calendar sometimes love the process of complex scheduling so it's because we parceled it out amongst so many people even though it might look like a complex team to manage everyone knows their part their place we've got the system down and it keeps getting better every quarter so i'm thrilled to be a part Mm of it some of it was on purpose some was accidental but it's really gelled into this amazing amazing process and something that i by sharing it i hope other people can a get excited about getting their own creativity out with their own books, and B, just recognize how unique ability teamwork actually works and how it can grow.
1: Yeah, it's been the most joyful teamwork experience that I think I've had in the close to 30 years since we started Strategic Coach as a workshop company. You know, I get better and better at making sure that I'm setting up all my other unique abilities in the process you know I spend a lot of time to make sure that these are the best ideas the most impactful ideas so that it's easy for everybody else to do it and so consequently I'm starting much earlier in the workshop process when I'm testing the ideas out at spotting a potential book and then I'll draw a lot more drawings on the whiteboard I'll have more stories about it so that three months, sometimes six months, before we would actually start the official impact filter mindset scorecard, um, spotting an early book. So growth happens in a 360 degree direction. It doesn't happen in a linear direction for yourself you're probably linear if you're doing the whole thing yourself but if you're using teamwork it goes out in 360 degrees it's just been a joy for me I mean I started this when I was 70 and you know in my 70s I'm experiencing the greatest teamwork experience that I've ever had where it was just created because I said an outrageous goal.
0: <laughs> I love it. I'm sure a lot of people resonate that. Well, thank you, Dan. It's been a total pleasure, A, to do the books and B, to do the interview. So everyone listening, I hope you've really enjoyed this conversation. Any questions or comments, let us know at questions at And we'll talk to you next time on the next podcast. Thanks.
1: Thank you, Shannon.